Hi, this is Larson Hicks, and welcome to my podcast, where I rant and rave about whatever it is I'm currently thinking about, and also occasionally bring in much smarter guests for longer conversations about topics they're passionate about. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Good morning. It's Larson Hicks. Thank you for joining me here on my YouTube channel. I am recording today on December the 2nd. It's been like three weeks since my last video. I apologize. We, uh, gosh, it's been a blur. I went on a business trip and then I went on a trip for church and then I went on a family vacation and then we had a baby and then it was Thanksgiving. And, uh, so yeah, it's kind of been a crazy, uh, when I look back on it, like six weeks. So, um, and it'll probably continue to be crazy for a little while. So that's my big excuse for why I haven't uploaded videos, but really I'm just lazy. So I apologize, but I will do my best to get more on here because I've, I've really enjoyed this and I've really enjoyed the feedback I've received um, from folks about watching the videos. So thank you for, for being one of those people. And um, if you like what you're hearing, please please hit like on on the video and subscribe to the channel leave comments, um, help me continue to, to grow this because I think it's a, uh, a fun outlet and I hope a useful um, useful source of information for, for folks. So today I want to just kind of expand on an exhortation I gave at uh, Trinity Reformed Church uh, a couple Sundays ago. And the, the exhortation was, um, the text I was working from was... Um, from John chapter 17, which is uh, Christ's uh, high, what's called the high priestly prayer. Um, and it's actually a passage of scripture I love I love a lot and I think about a lot and I, I quote a lot, but I, I tend to focus on the aspect of Christ praying to his father uh, for unity within the church, because that's something I, I think is important. Um, but as I was working on this exhortation, what I wanted to talk about was worldliness, and I was especially interested in talking about worldliness amongst our kids and how to um, train our kids and how to avoid worldliness. And as I started going down that path, the more I felt like this is really about approval. Um, this is really about, why, you know, rather than talking about, you know, listing out a, a list of things that we shouldn't be doing, uh, that are worldly. Instead, I wanted to focus on what causes worldliness. And, um, and that took me down this path and I ended up finding myself at Jesus's high priestly prayer. Um, and I was, I was interested to find that, that in that prayer, he's really praying, he's really praying, um, that, that God, the father would help him, um, keep his kids, so to speak. Um, so what I mean, our church, one of our four distinctives is keeping our kids. And what we mean by that is, is training up our kids to be joyful Christians who love the faith and who, um, who remain in the faith. And, and, uh, and when I look at what, at this priestly prayer, um, in John chapter 17, um, Jesus is basically praying for that as well. And I'll read, you, I'll read you a section of it. I'm going to start in verse 6. Um, and this is from John chapter 17. I've manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. 
and then jump into verse nine. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And then verse 12, um, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And then down to verse 14, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So um, the thing that the thing that I saw here is that this is Jesus basically talking about um, keeping his kids and and obviously not his physical kids, but but keeping the the people whom God gave him in the faith. And he's praying that God would do that. For one, what a great comfort it is to us to know that God, that Jesus, the Son of God, is praying to his Father that he would keep us in the faith. What a what an incredible uh, blessing. And you know, lest you think that this was just him talking about um, those that that uh, lived in his time, in verse twenty, he he specifically says, and not just these, but those who will come after them. So um, so Jesus is praying for our um, perseverance and for um, and, and if Jesus, you know, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. If Jesus is praying for us uh, to persist, then then we can have a lot of hope and confidence in that. And again, this is one of like just an aside assurance, you know, is one of those difficult things in the faith. And something I, I gave an exhortation about a couple of weeks ago because it's something I know people struggle with. Um, but but one of the the things that and, and this is I think a lot of it in America, people who struggle with assurance are it's holdover from their time uh, in in a Baptist church or Pentecostal church or or, or a, a, a um, just the the theology that's in the air in American South, especially, but Bible Belt, um, and it's this this faith that's grounded on an emotional experience you once had, and um, and and you and that's how, the way that you know that you're really saved is well, I I I I chose God once. I had that feeling one time that was really sincere, and that's just such a shaky place to be. But when we look at and then, and then you see in the Baptist world, you get baptized over and over. It's like, well, I wasn't sure that one was real, so I'm going to do it again because I don't, I don't think it was sincere. It must not have been because I've fallen away. And we baptize our babies um, in our church because we believe that baptism is God's action. It's not ours. It's not our child's. We're responding in faith to what God's God's told us to do with our child. And, um, and, and, and it's his promise that we are trusting in um, for our kids. And, uh, and here, looking at this, that Jesus prays for us, what a comfort that is. These are his people. He's put his mark on them, and he's praying to God the Father to keep them. What a blessing. Um, so anyway, that's a side note. So the, the, the theme that I wanted to draw out of this, and of course there's so much going on here, is Jesus Christ, the eternal word of God who is speaking. So of course there's a lot, there's a lot going on. But um, I, I look at this, um, I, I saw kind of three different things that I thought I saw Jesus doing here in this passage um, and that, that pertain to keeping his kids. And the first is that he receives and he claims them. So he talks about, you know, these are the people whom you gave me. 
Um, yours they were, and you gave them to me. They're yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. I am glorified in them. Um, and so he he claims them. He receives them from God, and he claims them, um, which I think is what, what Christians do in baptism um, with their children. They're receiving them from God, and they're claiming them, and they're claiming the promises of God on their behalf. Um, he then it talks about him guarding and teaching them. Um, so in verse 12, he says, I've guarded them. Not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. The scripture might be fulfilled. And then it says he, and then he prays for him, which we've already talked about. And so I think these are three examples of things we as fathers and mothers and parents of, of, uh, of Christian children can do in imitation of, of Jesus, um, to keep our kids, receive them and claim them, guard them and teach them and pray for them. And so I focused in my exhortation, which again, I'll link below, but um, I focused on um, the receiving and claiming them aspect. And um, and the reason I did that was, well, I, it's not a full sermon. Um, so I've got like five to seven minutes to, to give these exhortations. So I have to kind of narrow my focus. Um, but also I think this is the one that really speaks to the cause of worldliness. And, and I, I think the cause of worldliness is, is approval. It's a need for approval in one form or another. So we fall into, um, you know, our kids start getting on TikTok um, or Instagram and get obsessed with it, or they um, start running with the wrong crowd or feel like they've got to wear the coolest new tennis shoes or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's all, it, it all comes out of a, a need to fit in and a need to be, um, to have other people validate them as, as, as good, as cool, as valuable, as interesting. Um, and, and I think the, the, um, obvious cause of that is that they're, they don't have that already. They're not receiving that already. They don't, they don't feel loved appreciated. Um, um, they, they don't, they don't get their identity from their family. They, they want their identity to reside in something else. They aren't getting their identity from Christ and his church. Um, those are just kind of these accoutrements to, to who they are, um, that they may or may not like, and they may or may not choose to accept, um, you know, depending on what they feel like at some point. And I think this is the real root cause. Um, so I think if your kids are struggling with this need for approval, um, it, there's a really good chance that there's that that's rooted in in father hunger. It's rooted in a a need for approval that they're not getting from their family and from their church. Um, and I talked about in the exhortation that for young women, this tends to look like a need to be loved, to be cherished, to be um, to be, um, told they're beautiful, uh, to have, to have, uh, men look at them and, and, and validate that they are attractive, right? Um, they're not getting their tanks filled by their dad. Um, and just on that note, I'll say, you know, about teenage daughters, especially there's this weird thing that happens and I don't have, I have teenage sons. I have three teenage sons, but, but my daughter is younger. My daughters are all younger. Um, but I've seen it. Um, there's this weird thing that happens with teenage girls where, first of all, they, they like all of your kids, need lots and lots of affection and love um, from their parents. But 
what happens is at the time when they really need affection and, and love most from their dad is also the exact time that dad starts to pull away um, and mom starts to pull away. So, so, so what do I mean by that? Well, there, there's this, there's this kind of competitive thing that happens when a woman, when a young lady starts to become a woman, she starts to become attractive in the eyes of men and and you know at some point more attractive than mom you know in 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 the general sense right you know um she's younger and and not you know and 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 fit and not you know uh wrinkly and you know not not older right and and our 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 standard of beauty for women uh, today especially is young it's 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 young women um and you know at some level that's that's just that's just nature, you know, women, women are, are young women are beautiful. Um, but, um, but there's this kind of weird competition, I think that happens with moms sometimes when their daughters get to a certain age where it starts to, there starts to be a little bit of a tension or a little bit of, yeah, I guess tension in the relationship with, with the daughter. Um, it's like, I'm the, I'm the, uh, this is my nest. This is my roost. And like, you know, there's only this, this town's only big enough for, for one of us. Um, I think the other, the other thing that happens, the more, I think, and, and maybe more significant thing that happens is when a, when a young lady starts to develop, um, physically into a, a woman, dad starts to feel less and less comfortable, um, giving her physical affection. Cause it's like, well, now this is like a, a woman, you know, she has, she has the features of a woman. She's got hips and she's got, she's got breasts and it. And it, and it feels like I can't get too physical with her because that's weird. Right. Um, and so, so dads start to kind of pull back at the same time. And, um, and so here you have this girl who's going through this major change in her life, um, physically and her identity is kind of, you know, she's getting attention from guys like she's never gotten before and uh and mom there's a weird tension with her mom and dad's kind of pulled back and it's like yeah it's a recipe for for a girl to really uh drift and wander and start to look for approval on tiktok or on snapchat or with boys uh or you know uh it's really fashionable now for young ladies to to experiment with with being gay and so it's like well maybe let me see what that looks like and being gay in this day and age, it's like this huge, huge brownie point. You know, you get all kinds of love and respect if you, if you, if you're like open to maybe being gay, uh, which is really weird. But that's the weird world that we live in. You know, when I was a kid, um, you know, you wore like baggy jeans <laughs> and got a, and got a weird haircut maybe. Um, and today it's like you, you, you identify it, you come out of the closet as gay. Um, and that's like the, the teenage rebellion thing. It's crazy, crazy times. But, um, and then with, with young men, you know, they're, they're looking for approval and, and with them, it tends to be a need for respect and affirmation. They want people to think they're tough, they're strong, they're competent. Um, and, uh, and again, they'll, they'll seek that out in sports. They might seek it out in, uh, video games, um, they might seek it out, um, you know. What, however, it is they want to go kill a dragon, and 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 um, and impress uh, the people around them. And if they're not, again, if they're not given an outlet to do that at home, or they don't have parents who who love who they are and what they're doing, and support it and encourage it and give them praise when they succeed, then they're gonna go look for that somewhere else. Um, 
all of this kind of comes from there's there a lot of this for me at least um um hit home when i read this book my wife and i we've read it a couple times now uh called how to really love your your children i'll i'll look it up and link it in the description but it um it's a great book and it was the 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 thing that this um author was talking about is the fact that our kids are always asking this question um, of their parents do do you love me or will you still love me when i do x um and we've seen this a lot of times with our kids where there's this weird transition phase and we've seen these different you know it's like age three um is this transition from being a, a kid to a, to a baby to a toddler age seven seems to be like this transition from being a toddler to being, you know, a, a, a little boy, a little girl. Um, and then there's obviously like the teenage the transition, whether it's 12 or 13 or 14, it's kind of different for every kid, obviously. But during those times, it seems, there seems to be this elevated, um, like anxiety with the kid that like, I'm, I'm changing and I'm, my identity's changing. Am I still, like, do my parents still love me? Am I still cool? Am I still accepted here? And sometimes they're asking that question by disobeying. There's like a, there's like a weird um, instinct to like get your attention somehow. And then, and then just to kind of test and experiment. Like if, if, if I, if I break this boundary, what happens? Like, do they still love me? Do they still care? Or, or now that I'm different, now that I've changed from a toddler you know, from a baby to a toddler or a toddler to a young, a little boy. Now, do they not love me the same way? You know, if I break this rule, are they going to now reject me? And so the answer, of course, that our kids have to get every single time is I love you unconditionally. There's nothing you could do that will change that. I love you forever. Um, and of course that comes with discipline as well. Uh, the consistent discipline that you should be uh, administering throughout their entire life. But, but that, that you have to answer that question for them because they're always asking it. And so what I see Jesus doing here in, in, uh, John 17 is he's over and over saying, these are my, these are my people. You gave them to me. They're mine. I claim them. Um, the heavenly father does this with Jesus at his baptism where he speaks and says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. This is something fathers need to learn to do regularly. If you have an opportunity in public at church or at a sporting event or at a grocery store to introduce your children as yours, take that opportunity. They need to hear you say, this is my son. This is my son. Um, they're mine. I love them, right? I mean, they need to see and feel and hear in your voice that you are proud that they're your son or your daughter and not just, um, yeah, this is Mike and this is Jed and this is, you know, it's like, this is my son, you know, and like, I'm, they're really special to me. Um, so anyway, this is, this is kind of the gist of, of what I wanted to focus on in this video is just, I think worldliness ultimately comes down to this father hunger, this need that we all have for approval of our father and of our heavenly father. And if we're not getting it, if our tanks aren't full, then we start looking for it elsewhere. And, and this doesn't get easier, you know, uh, and if you grew up in a home where you weren't getting this, um, 
you know this better than 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 I than others do. Um, this gets harder as you get older. You know, you start to it starts to not just be about like, so you're out of the house, you're on your own, you're trying to figure out your identity and who you are. And you start to get approval from your colleagues and you start to get approval when your neighbor goes, Hey, nice truck. And it's like, Oh, I should like buy nice things and impress my neighbors. Cause they give me a- approval when I do that. Um, um, you, you get a boss who says, you know, you know, good job. And, uh, and you get a title, your title changes at, at your company and people start to respect you more. And again, all of this stuff is fine in the abstract, but when, it, when, when that's happening, those things are happening to a person with a low tank and who's, who's not, uh, didn't have that kind of assurance in their identity, it can become a real powerful draw towards worldliness. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I mean, we just saw this, this last year where a lot of people's jobs were threatened if they didn't make certain decisions, medical decisions. And if your security and your hope and your identity is in that job, the idea of saying, I'm going to like potentially cut this off, this thing that is like my primary source of identity, um, that's like a non-starter you know, for a lot of people. And you saw it, there's a lot of people like not even going to think about it. Not even, I'm not going to be critical about this idea. I'm just doing it because of course I can't lose my job. You know, I can't lose my title. Um, I can't lose my status. So, so anyway, um, there's a couple other things in, in that verse that, that I mentioned already that I think Jesus talks about guarding and teaching, um, and praying for them. And obviously, uh, you know, I won't get into deep detail here, but, but, but obviously, if if they're yours and you love them, then you you ought to guard them and you ought to teach them. And that looks like having standards. Um, it looks like explaining the standards. You know, this is the big problem. Um, and there's a time and a place, right? Like I want to guard my kids, and I'm putting filters on our internet, and I'm there's certain thing I'm not giving my kids, uh, you know, smartphones with 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 unfettered access to whatever. Um, but I'm also explaining it to them and I'm looking for opportunities to teach them why, why we do that and why we don't do certain things. Uh, there's a bad way, you know, where a kid says, where you're giving a kid an instruction and they're saying why, and, and that's not the right time to engage in an explanation. Generally, um, generally that's a time where their, their interest is not in (laughs) sincerely understanding it's in, it's in rebellion and disobedience. And so, say, Hey, we can talk about that later, but right now I want you to obey me. Um, um, so anyway, guarding and teaching, and then of course praying, and this is something we've got to be disciplined about doing. Um, and, and as I said earlier, you know, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. We, we, we want our prayers to be heard. And, um, and so we need to also, you know, implicitly, um, if we're going to be praying and we want God to answer our prayers, we also need to be holy. Um, so, I'll stop there on this video about uh, worldliness and about keeping our kids and about Christ's example um, in uh, John 17, the high priestly prayer. Let me know what you think. Um, I don't know. I had somebody mention to me that they don't think they've ever heard a um, an approach to that passage with this kind of focus, this keeping your kids kind of idea. Um, I, I didn't 
borrow it from anybody that I'm aware of. Obviously, all of the ideas are borrowed um, or, or learned from elsewhere, but um, but uh, I was just looking for for passages that could help me think about um, acceptance and approval, and and somehow this popped up in my search, and as I dug into it, it looked like it actually applied pretty pretty well to this idea of keeping our kids. Um, what are your thoughts? Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next video.